Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Shane Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this edition of Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Shane Demon, And I'm Father Travis Crotty. And we are thrilled to be joining you from the Diocese of Sioux City. Uh, we're recording this, actually, going into Holy Week. My uh, first Holy Week as a priest. Congratulations, Father. Thank you. It's going to be riveting. It will be. Palm Sunday was a doozy. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Domingo de Ramas. Yeah. I mean, you get through that and you're like, whew, here we go. Gear also, up. Also, is the mark, is the, is the passion according to Mark the longest? No, I think maybe Mark I'm is the just shortest. A, maybe I'm just a noob. <laughs> yeah, like, you are. Read, reading the Passion is kind of intense. No, it is. Um, of course, COVID measures, We at least in this diocese, we don't have like the crowd doing the crowd voice. Right. Crucify him, right, crucify right. him, you know. But um, it is a tense experience. Um, and that, of course, follows on the, the previous gospel of the entry into Jerusalem by our Lord. All sorts of stuff going on. Yeah. Palm Sunday. Yeah. yeah. I, did, I wish we could have had, like, with COVID, I wish we could have had, like, the full procession in that didn't happen yet we just had palms in the front of church Mm -hmm. and we blessed them on a big table and then they got secretly moved to the back i did notice this is really funny i think one lady thought that she wasn't going to get one unless she snuck it so they were still on the table right during communion right we were distributing communion in front of this table and she she received communion and just kind of snuck her arm around and took a palm prematurely before they were taken to the back so sure people love those get my palms. communion hose get and my palm and get the heck out of church <laughs> i think she, i, think I she gotta left, get all my goods i think she left early too which is funny did she really <laughs> she's an you know older woman during COVID, so that's fine well she might have been in a hurry to go decorate that home and With display palm. that she palm had to, she had very prominently that. i watched some guy grab a palm i mean he was whipping up one of those little palm crosses like nobody's business during the homily no, because they couldn't get him until oh, after mass. Oh, yeah. I thought he swiped one too. No, 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 no. Oh. It was just the one lady swiped. Everybody else was just good. Yeah, there they yeah. go. Oh yeah. <laughs> I asked the kid. I'm like, hey, you get a good one? Oh yeah, I got a nice fat one. <laughs> Big fat palm, palm branch. Well, some of those stick together. He might have taken they do. four. He might have had, yeah, I know. Yeah. Got a got a double yeah. palm. That's pretty great. Yeah. Hopefully, all of the priests who are listening opened up the palm branches when they got them from the uh, shipping agency. Uh-huh. Because there's kind of moisture attached to them so they don't dry out. Oh. But when you leave palms in there, if you don't open them up right away, then they get really moldy. Oh, really? Yeah. There's like mildew and mold. Well, you need to put this in like a little booklet for like me. Like, New priest. Yeah, how to I'm survive. Gonna, I'm going to show up in my, when, I, when I have to deal with that someday, I'm just going to mold the heck out of a bunch of palms. You know what you also have to do? When you order a new Easter candle for your parish. Yes. You have to get it weeks and weeks in advance. Uh-huh. And when you get it, you must open it up immediately. Because these long, long wax Easter candles break very easily. Oh yes, while being transferred oh, so you need in to shipment, check if it's been broken, yes, and then you can you need to still give your time and you have so enough that, time so that you're not whipping it open. You know what? It's not. I mean, this is coming out before Easter. I think ours is still packaged. You might want to check that out if it's However, all cracked and not we had usable. Easter, we had an Easter. We had a Paschal candle malfunction. Uh huh. We had one, and then when my pastor was preparing it or just like opening it up probably to check if it was broken it rolled off the table and broke but we got a new one so we're good well and if, if you give yourself enough time you can still salvage that if, if you don't have enough time you can piece them together with little tiny needles i did that before in our growing up as a kid because wow when, well i remember as a child growing up one of our <laughs> altars tiny needles. you can you can do it you can pin it back together with needles 
uh, because an altar server who I will not rename on this uh, on this episode uh-huh. in my home parish growing up, he couldn't quite reach the Easter candle during sure. the Easter season to light it. Yeah. So he started tipping the entire thing towards himself, and boom, down it went. And it was right in the middle of the Easter season. So what are you going to do then? You're not going to go buy another Easter candle then. Um, but the parish, they pinned it all together with needles and couldn't tell from a distance. Wow. Good as new. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. I once heard, and I don't know if it was our diocese at our cathedral. Did, I heard that some, so those of you who've never been to an Easter vigil, the Easter candle is lit after the large, sometimes large, Paschal fire is lit outside. Mm-hmm. I think our cathedral does like a real big, like a, a fire. Right? Oh, yeah. Most so, parishes do. Right. I, some, some of them do the tiny little ones inside, which is kind of lame. But outside is big fires. Great. Somebody was talking about the deacon. So then the, the Paschal candles lit off the fire. Usually you don't just stick the candle in the fire because, that you know, you'd get a little taper and light it. <laughs> Scorch but I think it. it got too close and it like bent in half. Like it, yeah. wilted, it wilted in half. It can. It like <laughs> Oops. It was droopy. Yeah. <laughs> There's exactly. no, there's no, can, there's no pin and back a droopy candle. Not at all. You can't do that. Wow. And now, of course, you're right in the middle of the blessing. You got any other fun little hacks I need to know? Any Good Friday hacks I need to know? Well, Good Friday hacks. Let's see here. Um, We're not kissing the cross this year, so that's a little. You have to take off all your vestments. So be yeah, prepared. Andrew, shoe, okay, the shoes yes. thing. That's in slip the on shoes too. are helpful on Good I don't know Friday. If I have any? I'll have to check. It's all right. Maybe van right. slip ons, maybe some checkered ones. Maybe the red <laughs> checkered would match the vestments well. Yeah. Okay. You I'd, do that, Father. I'll grab those. I'll go pick them up. Yeah. You'll look real trendy. Very trendy. Mm-hmm. That's good. Now I'll have to think through any other things that you need to be aware of. Yeah, you got to give me a little little hand handbook on how to get through it. Yeah, let me think through that. Um, I would give your servers. Um, I got this from your pastor, Father Bruce Lawler. Right. I would give your servers MC notes oh, so they know what's coming up, particularly next? for Holy Thursday and Good Friday and Holy Saturday, just so they can start to plan ahead. Right. Lots going on. And it, it, it's not very reverent when you're constantly over your shoulder, you know, go get this. That doesn't work. <laughs> and then you try to whisper into your mic that's you forgot that's on. Right. <laughs> and then everybody hears you. Not great. Yeah. That's not good. Not so good. So I've been just living the parish life, but mm-hmm. you're not in a parish. So what have you been up to? I have been traveling constantly. Oh, you know, vacation director of traveling. It is my life. Well, oh. it's midterm season, so that's the chance to go visit the seminarians, check in, sit in their spring evaluations. I've been everywhere. I've and, been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere. Do you sing that song to yourself when you're driving? You know, I should start. You probably should. That should be my Put motto. Put that on a loop, yeah. You know, but there have been times that I've thought of the, uh, oh, what's the old musical, the 1940s musical? Is it St. Louis Woman? There's a song in there. I have uh, no idea. Well, Audrey McDonald used to sing it. It's it's a song called "Anywhere I Hang My Hat Is Home." Ah, you that's know? really endearing. It is. You can go back all the way to the apostles. Wow, you know Saint Paul. Great. Anywhere he went, he that's was great. home. Have to start wearing a hat. That's nice. Yeah. Um, where have I been? Oh, you know what? I was at the University of Iowa's Newman Center recently. Ah, did uh, they get kneelers? Well, you'll have to bring that up with them. All right, you'll have to bring it <laughs> okay. up with them. The one okay. time I've been there, I remember I was like, "Oh, interesting." Yeah, they don't have kneelers there. Um, but I was visiting with some old students, uh, former students of mine, and uh, word uh, got out on the street that I, <laughs> I had kind of forgotten about this. One of my former St. Ed's students, hello, Cade, if you're listening, he found out, um, he heard a little rumor that before I left Fort Dodge, the young adult group, uh, when I left there in 2013, wanted to do kind of a fun event. Okay. So some of us came up with the idea of a Nerf gun dart dart war with nerf guns battle yeah battle okay. battle royale okay in the saint ed school late at night in the dark 
Oh, sweet. It was a blast. That sounds great. <laughs> it was a blast. And one of my in friends... Dark. Did you use... Were they glow in the dark? I can't quite remember. Well, there was like some emergency okay, lights on, you. so it wasn't like so, pitch but black. It was kind of like strategic. Yeah. yeah. I understand. Uh, one of my friends was visiting at the time, Dr. Luke Roller of Bismarck, North Dakota. And he joined you? He, we were in college together. He was actually in college seminary for a while, happily married now with children. He was in town visiting, so I was like, hey... Uh, we're going to go to school tonight and play a, a Nerf gun dart war. Oh you want to come? And he was like, heck yeah, let's go. So he was running around shooting all these people he's never heard of, you know. Uh, I, I am not endorsing school shootings. Let's be very clear Yikes. about that. There it is. We are not endorsing school shootings. That's not what the point was. The Somebody had some Nerf guns, and they said, well, where would be a fun place to do this at? Where would be a big open area, yeah. Right. And so the thing is, so there was just about like 10 of us in this young adult group. And some of them were teachers. And the thing is, like the next day, I got to school early, and like they were finding all these Nerf darts all <laughs> over the hallways. They're like the seniors did a prank. What's going on? Yeah, exactly. Um, the, people were wondering, like, where, why do we keep finding Nerf darts everywhere in this building? Because we tried to uh, clean them all up, but it was late and it was dark, and we missed a few. Wow. But we had a good time. Anyways, word was out on the street in Iowa City that I had participated in this in a this showdown. Yeah, wow. Did this showdown. Win? years. Are you good? Nerf gun battle? I don't remember who won. I do remember I brought my uh, my fishing vest with me, like a, a fly fishing <laughs> vest. I had my vest on because I, I stuffed the pockets with more Nerf darts. So I was ready to reload. Oh, my God. You know? You had to come prepared. You joke around. No. I am not going to enter a Nerf battle with you unprepared. <laughs> Oh, my God. You probably had knee pads on and stuff ready to go. I did not have knee pads on, nor a headband, but that would have been the next step. Well, we've just successfully bantered for half of our 20-minute podcast. We better talk about something. Uh, people are fine. <laughs> They're fine. Father, one of the things I think we should talk about is um, I have noticed in conversations throughout recent weeks and months, a lot of young people have been coming to me saying, I feel like I have weak faith. I feel like I have weak faith. I just don't have any faith. And so I asked him to explain that a little bit. Obviously, there's different ways that you can use the word faith. Faith does involve the intellectual assent of the truth of Christianity, accepting Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. It also involves kind of an emotional, heartfelt response. Uh, it touches moral issues that also speak to the conscience. Uh, faith also has a content, like an intellectual content, like the truths of the creed actually make up the faith, so to speak or the whole truths of the catechism, so to speak. Um, and you can, have, you can also say that I have faith in, just in a very secular way, like I have faith that so-and-so is going to pick me up when they said they would be here and we're going to go to the movie or whatever. Or you're a really faithful person. Right, Yeah. meaning like a loyal person or exactly reliable. Right. So there's different ways that someone can define faith. And so I, I speak to these young people about kind of, well, what is it that you're struggling with? How is it that, you are, uh, that you're experiencing kind of weak faith? What does that mean for you? For some, they, I think they're legitimately categorizing a weak faith because they're just admitting, well, I don't work at this. Yeah. You know, I don't build my relationship with my Lord and Savior. I don't try and study the truths of the faith. I don't um, actively try and immerse myself in the Word of God with Scripture, uh, or I'm just making really bad moral decisions, and my faith isn't kind of leading the charge on that. Right. You know, you experience this. Oh, yeah, and I just want something different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think they kind of... I just recently preached about St. Augustine's idea of two loves or like a double heart and how we really want one thing, but we also just want the other. Mm -hmm. I think that's where a lot of young people especially find themselves of 
there's something more that I want in life, but I'm, I'm settling for a lot less. Right. So for some of these folks, I think they're just recognizing like, if I'm going to actually have a relationship with God and if I'm really going to claim, you know, uh, Catholicism, I'm going to have to work at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I can't just talk the talk. I think some people forget sometimes too, when they do struggle with that and, or they find themselves not having the faith that they'd like, that it does take work. Mm -hmm. It's not magic. Well, yeah, there's a gift. It's a grace. It's, but God gives according to our capacity to receive. Right. So if we don't do anything, it's not just going to happen. If you never practice, I don't know, lacrosse, you're never going to learn how to play lacrosse. Right. It's not just going to magically, I mean, you might get the, the cool lax flow going, but right. you're not going to get the skill <laughs> without the practice. Well, and it, it's in a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, who has a best friend that you never talk to? Oh yeah, we're best friends. We talked six months ago. Or people always say, I, I just pray all the time. I just talk to God all the time. Really? Really? Oh. Like how many minutes? Yeah. <laughs> just like all day. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm just constantly immersed in a state of prayer. Okay. Cool. I'm not. But. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, I think there are people who recognize that, gee, I, do, I really do have some weak faith and I got to step it up and I have to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. However, what I'm finding is also there's a number of young people who recognize or who say, I have weak faith. And I don't think they quite understand what they're saying. Mm. I think for there are some people who describe for me, well, as I get older, life is getting harder. Mm. Or I, um, I've been met with some real challenges or sufferings in my life. And I think they might be confusing weak faith with um, maybe a growing darkness about them. And I have to remind them, and I think some of them are pretty comforted by this because I don't think they've ever thought about it this way. Just because the circumstances of your life are getting darker, you know, if the nighttime thickness is closing in around you, that doesn't mean that you have weak faith. It actually might be the opportunity for you to uh, exert a very strong faith. Um, And so I have to remind them that just because the darkness is growing darker, doesn't mean necessarily that you have no faith or a weak faith. Uh, But secondly, um, it is not weak faith just because you want to have the street or the pathway in front of you all lit up with streetlights. You know, your faith doesn't necessarily equate to floodlights in the night. I mean, yes, it does because you, you intellectually know that Jesus conquers all darkness. But it doesn't necess- your faith doesn't necessarily give you a roadmap of what's going to happen tomorrow, a month from now, a year from now. But when you do exercise strong faith, what you're saying is, okay, I don't have floodlights to like flood this whole street with blazing light so I can see every single stumbling block coming. Your faith gives you the opportunity to stick a foot forward and walk. With maybe a candle. Yeah. Yeah. And, or maybe your flashlight you know, in this world only lets you see about three feet in front of you to just take the next step. But the strong faith is not having streetlights or floodlights. The strong faith is sticking your foot outward, extending that leg and walking. Right. And saying, I can't even see the path in front of me, but I know Jesus has got the path. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know when the next bend in the trail is coming or the next fork in the road, but I know that Jesus will be walking alongside of me. And in fact, I, he's probably already walked this road before, and I'm just walking in his footsteps. And the Holy Spirit can be animating me this whole time. And I can seek to do the will of the Father as I know it in kind of big macro terms. Right. Uh, but I, I think they criticize themselves and they beat themselves up with, I have weak faith just because I don't have floodlights everywhere. 
no. <laughs> mm. If you're still walking, uh, if you're journeying, even if you feel like the nighttime is closing in, that actually might be the Lord actually deepening your faith. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It makes a lot of sense. A lot of thoughts here. I think, first of all, just to realize, I'm realizing Jesus experienced that in, in the fact that he cries out to God, that it seems dark in front of him, especially as, as we're heading into the experience of his Paschal mystery. He, he has these moments of darkness, but he doesn't ever lose the intimacy with the Father, mm-hmm. like you had mentioned, of doing God's will. I, I do think sometimes as well that there's this idea that I need this kind of laser straight path to get to God because that's what my experience of faith is. And when that's cloudy or when that's murky, it's then God's far away because I can't see him in the distance. Mm-hmm. He's not somewhere that we're trying to get to. He's already with us. And like you said, through the power of the Holy Spirit is abiding in us. Mm-hmm. If we're in a state of grace, if we're receiving the sacraments, there can be that assurance that I might not be feeling God at work right now in my life. But if I kind of have, if I check the, not check the boxes, but if I pay attention to my life, am I, have I gone to confession? Am I going to mass? Am I receiving the sacraments? Am I giving him time in my life? Then there can be an assurance that he's present. He's with me. He's right. dwelling He's dwelling in my heart, even if I don't feel him or see him around me. Right. Um, and that can be the opportunity that he's giving to have an increase of faith. Absolutely. I remember a particular moment on retreat praying for patience and receiving way more opportunities to be impatient with oh, the same guy. Some saint makers came your way. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and it was in the you know the context of a silent retreat where you're like, surely I can't sit on a silent retreat, Uh-oh. not talking or interacting with anybody. Uh huh. Yeah, like lots of impatience that comes up, and praying for God to deliver me from that, and not just giving the kind of laser straight, clear path to just the patience uh, palace or whatever unintentional alliteration there, but I like mm-hmm. how that worked out. Mm-hmm. The patient's palace. Rather, opportunities to work and practice the virtue of patience. I think right. it's similar with this, with faith. Um, Absolutely. God wants to be with us, and he gives us those opportunities sometimes. Not that he's making them happen, moments of darkness, but he's allowing them sometimes to help us grow closer to him. Right. And when the Lord grants us the gift of faith, and when we respond and that grace keeps growing, that doesn't guarantee that you're just on like the autobahn of life. Like mm. you're just you're just speeding through this beautiful little highway and everything is just flat. With a German accent. Yes, flat and rosy, yes. Um, or maybe a, like the golden trail of, of the land of Oz, for example. Mm. Um, I have faith and therefore roses will always be sprouting up alongside of me as I journey through life. No, not necessarily. Well, and that can be such a an insidious kind of lie of the evil one too to sneak in there. Oh, you're not feeling, you're not feeling like you're on the, the golden brick road. Mm-hmm. Then God's not with you. He's right. not real. You're alone. Right. You should just abandon this whole, this whole path altogether. Right. There is something that. very symbolic when Jesus kept saying, I'm going up to Jerusalem and the son of man will be handed over to the scribes and the Pharisees. I'm going up to Jerusalem Obviously, from Galilee, he was traveling south, but the point was Jerusalem is at a high elevation. So anyone always said, doesn't matter which direction you're coming from, you're going up to Jerusalem because it was literally you had to go uphill to get there. But there is something very symbolic about that, that the journey of faith is actually an uphill road. Mm -hmm. This isn't the the yellow brick road all the time where there's just, you know, daisies and roses sprouting before you at all moments. that's, That's not the recipe of faith. 
right? I've right. seen a small town parish that has pretty old murals, paintings on both sides of the sanctuary of the wide path that leads to destruction, mm-hmm. the narrow path that leads to glory. Mm-hmm. And the, the narrow path image is, is really striking and inspiring. Mm-hmm. So it shows Jesus climbing up kind of a mountain with his cross and these saints kind of along the way, but it's this steep kind of rocky path. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's kind of funny, like hundred year old characters in the other one, but there's something really inspiring that you're following Jesus. Who's made this same walk, right? Faith. Exactly. In his humanity. Exactly. So for any of our listeners out there, if you feel like you're really just kind of struggling with your faith, do a little investigation, do some soul searching and conscience. Am I really working at my faith? Am I trying to be an active member of the community of believers? Am I trying to build up the body of Christ? Am I letting the graces of the church nurture my soul? And if so, then rest assured that you're probably on the right path. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and do not beat yourself up if you just feel like the darkness or the adversity of life is growing. That might not necessarily be on you. You know, you, can, you should not beat up yourself just because the path is getting a little more rocky. Mm-hmm. Um, so f- just food for thought for all of our listeners. Hope that's a bit of encouragement. Father Travis, it's always good to be with you. And we're going to be with you very soon in the local 88.1 Catholic Radio Fundathon that's coming up. Yes, we are. Yeah, looking forward to that. To That'd all of wonderful. our listeners at 88.1, stay tuned. Coming up in early April, check out, um, stay tuned for that, and, and uh, you know, keep checking out the, the listings for all the different speakers that will be on that uh, great event coming up. That'd be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Again, it's good to be with you, Father Travis. To all of our listeners, thanks for tuning in. Keep praying for us. We'll be praying for you. And keep the faith. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.